first show post Thanksgiving. Um, lots of stories on the table. Uh, but I'd like to start by offering you, Michael Holly, uh, a couple of slices of humble pie. Um, now, don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll have a couple of helpings of crow momentarily. We're going to start with the humble pie. Um, so here's today's first, this week's first, first of many. I told you so. And I don't want to focus on the I. I don't want to focus on the told part. I really want to focus on the you part. Because what puzzled me yesterday as I watched the Patriots pull away from the Titans in the second half. And what puzzled me as I watch uh, so many commentators and talking heads and whatnot, uh, such as us, you know, uh, join this Patriot party and anointing them as the best team in the AFC, even though the Ravens currently occupy the number one seed. Um, what the question is kept coming to mind is why did I have to tell you? Like I told you so. Why did I have to tell you noted Patriots author, not author, chronicler, you know, there's authors there's people that just get like a one off Patriots historian, chronicler of the dynasty host of how many Patriots pre and post game shows you host. So I should not have to tell you anything about the New England Patriots. And yet here we were all last week with me trying to tell you of all people that the Patriots were the best team in the AFC and would handle their business. I'll come back to that in a moment. Handle their business against a hobbled Tennessee Titans team. So I guess after seeing it up close and personal on Sunday, have you finally come around on the team that you know better than anybody, me included? I think we have two separate issues. We have three separate issues here. We have three issues, Mike. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to you. Good to see you. Uh, and humble pie. That actually, <laughs> I told you there's only one pie I like. Two. Because yeah. humble pie is good. I'll take yeah. humble pie and sweet potato pie. Everything else can stay apart. Can stay aside. But humble pie, I need a whole. Uh, I need a whole serving of that over several days. The three issues I see here, Michael, are the AFC as a whole, who the best team is in the AFC, and that was not solved yesterday. The best team in the okay. AFC, I am not ready to say that's the New England Patriots. Okay. There's Patriots versus Titans. There's that okay. issue. And then there's a third issue. I'm going to tell you about it. That really connects to the second one. Two and three really should be one. And you know, Mike, I, you know, I'm always uh, in the business of scouting myself and, and figuring out some things that I do that I don't want to do. Okay. So one of the things that, and this is like, I can see this coming. This is one of those things. This is one of those Michael Holly weak spots. If the coach comes in on Monday, puts it up on the screen and say, we got to clean this stuff up. We got to stop doing this. We, I told you about this before and you keep doing this kind of stuff. We got to clean this up. One of the things that Michael Holly does is he gets something in his head even when, even when evidence suggests that it shouldn't be there anymore. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I had this as a schedule. I said like a month ago, a month ago, I said, oh, when it comes to, because we do, uh, you know, pregame, we, we do predictions on that postgame show you talked about. Pregame and postgame, we do predictions. 
So a month ago, I said, I'm going to pick the Patriots to lose to the Titans. I said that a month ago. A oh, month ago. No matter, no matter how and, many people they lost along and, the way, no matter whether and, it's Derrick okay, Henry, A.J. Brown, like Julio Jones, doesn't matter. I, and here it is. Whoever showed, up in, the game. whoever showed up in a Titans right. uniform, you were going to pick that team is what you're saying. It. Mike Vrabel's like, you know, team, I whoever just, it was, that's who he was picking. I just really locked in on it. I, you know, it would be a quarterback. Okay. Hey, locking in on the first receiver. Hey, you know, you got two other reads out there. No, no. I, I know off the line of scrimmage pre-snap, but wait a minute. You know, you're going to be throwing it. If you do that, you'll be throwing in the triple. I don't know coverage. if I would admit that. I don't know if I would admit that. I oh, know. I'm just telling you. No, 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 no. Because I need to admit that because, well, for many reasons. You are, you are my cloud of witnesses. You all, your family, those listening uh, on uh, Sirius XM channel 85, those watching on Peacock TV, uh, listening on uh, po- wherever you listen to podcasts, watching on YouTube. You are my cloud of witnesses, whether you like it or not, your family. I have, I have drawn you in, your family, so I'm going to let you know what troubles me so you can help me out. You can pray for it, brother, and get me through this period. Now, I'm telling you what I do, but it's not like I do crack all the time. You know, like it, this is just like a, this is a problem, but it's not like, oh my God, you do that? After every show, you get into the Johnny Walker uh, black and just down that thing by yourself? No, 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 it's not that. But I got a little hang up that I got to work through. And so I decided a while ago to pick the Tennessee Titans. And it's just really, it was a really foolish decision uh, in the face of mounting, mounting evidence that the Patriots were going to beat the Titans. That's one thing. I don't know if the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. They are, they have cleared out some people that I was worried about before. Like, they got the same rougher. They have game better than Buffalo. And they're going on the road to Buffalo on Monday night, a week from today. Will they win? I think I'm going to pick the Patriots to win based on the evidence. Well, I, well actually, but if, I mean, my, the, the but question Buffalo, begs the question. It begs the question, who'd you pick a month ago? Who'd you make up in your mind that you're going to pick a month ago? That's, that, it begs well, the question. That, but I, since I admitted my problem, see, so people are like, by the way, I'm glad you said that. Because then there are people like you. There are people like you, okay? What, that actually why people don't talk. No, 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 no. So does it, my opinion. Great. That's great. That's, that's true about you. But that's, let, me say, let me tell you about yourself. Now, this is why some people don't talk. Some people don't expose their frailties because some people like you will take them and then just put them in their back pocket. Now you, you kept in your back pocket for like a minute. Some people put, keep it in their back pocket for like a year or six months and then they bring it up just to, to just to kind of, yeah, just to, to kind of expose you, make you feel worse, make you feel bad. Oh, remember you had that thing. No, you that person. You the person with that thing. How you that's approach you your doing. job is your business. How you approach your job is no, your no. business. Okay. It just you, make, I just what, feel bad because now I realize I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm talking to the people at home because what you're telling me is no matter what I've said over the last month about the attrition and its effect on a Tennessee Titans team that's used 80 something players heard this it. year. Did I you? Didn't, okay, I didn't it, give it the, okay. I heard it. I didn't give it okay. the value. I didn't give it the value oh, that I should have. Okay. Now, okay. it's not something right. I do all the time, but it is a, it is a weakness Every now and then I'll make up my mind. Yeah. Hey, this is going to happen. And I, mean, I knew you were stubborn, I but. Well, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm stubborn. I wouldn't say I'm stubborn because there are certain things that I'll allow to. I'll allow that that information to kind of shift me from one position to the next. It's all right. 
But see, this is why you, you, what you did is why people don't <clears> talk. <throat> see, you're dangerous. You're dangerous. You're dangerous. You're a dangerous individual because you get some information about somebody and, and now you're trying to hold it over their head. I'm not going to allow no. you to hold it over my head. I'm not going to hold it over your head. I'm okay. No, you got, I'm no. going to keep talking anyway. You got to, I'll share you got anyway. to look yourself in the mirror. Sharing. You got to look I, yourself yes, in the mirror. You got to sleep at night. Okay, that's not on me. I so let's just and move this on. Is a, let's move can forward. I, can I amicably. point out before we move on? Can, can, sure. We will move on. Uh, move forward amicably. But I will tell you this, Mike. What I've just admitted is a story as old as the Bible. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, in Romans, the Apostle Paul says, "The thing that I don't want to do, I do, and that that I do want to do, I don't do." Oh, wretched man, I am. That's Romans eight for you. Okay, now listen. I don't know. It's Romans five, but the point is it's in Romans and he he struggled with it many years ago. I'm struggling with it. And if you admit it, you struggle with it in different areas of your life too. All I'm saying is the New England Patriots are better than I thought they were. I don't know if they're better. The best team in the AFC, the Ravens are there. The Kansas City Chiefs are there and then the Patriots. Hey, pick, pick among those three, pick among those three and you'll probably be right. Okay. All right. You know what? Listen, man, honestly, I respect the fact that you're clearly more into your Bible than you are into your job. And that's okay. That's great. That's great. I'll be, I'll be asking you job. for the hookup at the gates of heaven. I'll be asking you for the, the Bible hookup. is my job. <laughs> you understand that what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate that. Like, listen, that's all you, that's she, Negro. That's all you had to say. All you had to do was drop a Bible verse and I'm going to back off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Man didn't watch football for a month, but he got Romans memorized. So there's that. Okay. But moving forward amicably, I, I guess it just shocked me because, you know, again, you do know this team as well, if not better than anybody. And you were Mr. Mac Jones uh, in training camp. And God, yes. I, I, I really wish he'd have hit Hunter Henry. Um, on that uh, on that post route, that would have been a touchdown. I think it was like 26 yards. But nonetheless, he did his thing yesterday. That thing he does is called complete passes. <laughs> you know, it's called not mess it up. You know, it's called it's called not make the, the the huge mistake. And the thing about this Patriots team, and you're right, Michael. I mean, look, the Chiefs. I told you this last week. If if, if there was one game. For, for all of humanity on the line, he asked me to pick between the Chiefs and the Patriots. The way the Chiefs, in particular, Chris Jones are playing defense right now and with what they're capable of doing on offense, which is just a higher level of potential than the Patriots have, um, I, would, I would pick the Chiefs just because of, of the track record, the body of work, you know, the names, the names on the back more than the front, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Ravens, it's not always pretty, but they find a way. Um, and who was the other team you picked? You said the you said the Chiefs, the Patriots, Ra- the Ravens. Uh, I think Ra- you one Ravens. More. No, that's it. That's it. Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs. That was it. Okay, so along those coming three. up on Mo- and I said coming up on Monday night. Like, if, would course, you be they surprised? Got the Bills. For example, would you be mm-hmm. shocked if the Bills win that game um, by a field goal? Uh, it, you know, home f- home team gets would three I be points. Shocked? According to Vegas, well, no, well, well, nothing would shock me in this in this in the, in the NFL in general, shocked? but this season in particular, nothing would shock me. Would which you brings think to my point about the Patriots? Would you I would less not, of them but it does for the bills. Okay, I would not, but but it does bring me to my overall point about the Patriots and handling business, which is what I said yesterday or what I said a minute ago. Excuse me that they handle business. The Patriots are just going to do what they're supposed to do, and you can't say that for every team in the NFL. Like a lot of good teams 
will struggle. I know we're not, you know, a college football playoff committee and style points don't matter. All that matters is that you win. But a lot of good teams will look flawed in victory. A lot of good teams will struggle against bad teams, if not lose to bad teams. See Buffalo versus Jacksonville. The Patriots don't do that. They haven't done that. The team that they've lost to, lately at least, Dallas, I know Dallas yeah, is struggling, yeah. Tampa, a Miami team that's now figured things out, it seems. We'll get to them momentarily. And it's surging. Uh, and a Saints mm-hmm. team that, that looked a lot different when they lost, uh, when, they, when they beat the Patriots. And that was also early yeah, in the match. At that time, they had Jameis. That Saints team Correct. had Jameis. They had a lot of people. That Saints had, had a lot of They had Alvin Kamara. I mean, they had a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. The Patriots have evolved since then. They've done that Patriot thing where they get better as the year goes on, especially around Thanksgiving. And they're beating the teams not only that they should beat, quote unquote, but they're beating them the way that they should beat them, which is handily. Yeah. And in the NFL, you know, you, you never you never want to say what somebody should do. You never want to look at the schedule. But the Patriots are as trustworthy and as consistent, if not sexy, but as consistent a team as there is in the AFC. You want to talk about what wouldn't surprise me. What wouldn't surprise me is to see the Chiefs win a game that they should. What wouldn't surprise me is to see, you know, uh, the Ravens lose a game. I said win a game. The Chiefs lose a game that they should. Or the Ravens lose a game that they should. Whereas with the Patriots, they're they're handling their business. They show up, they punch the clock, they handle their business, they're blowing out the team. So what's supposed to happen? So wait, wait, but you okay? Now you you, you beat up Vinny uh, Goodwill last Wednesday. Said, "Hey Vinny, answer my question. You you were all over That's not Vinny. What I said. You know, he wouldn't give you. That's not what I said. So you you didn't say, didn't say that. Vinny. You didn't answer my question. You didn't say that. Nope. That's not what I said. But go ahead. What's your what's your question to me? I believe we have the evidence. We have the evidence. But I, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get lost in that. What I'm saying, you did. Um, what should happen based on that? That monologue of hey the Patriots and your commentary the Patriots do what they're supposed to do. What are they supposed to do based on your reading of the Patriots based mm-hmm. on who you think they are and who you mm-hmm. think the Buffalo Bills are. What are they supposed to do a week from tonight in Orchard Park, New York? What's supposed to happen? I would still pick the Patriots if you were forced me to do it. And by the way, just because I have that, that kind of memory. What I asked Vinny a question about the Warriors. Vinny made a little light skin joke. And then I said, are you going to answer the question or not? That's what I we said. Stop are that. you going to answer the question? And by the way, after he answered the, way, the question, I said, after he answered the question, I said, but you just agree with my question. Anyway, none of, moving on. We got to stop the light skin thing. We got to stop it. We got to slow it down. Fine. Okay, we got to slow that down. I'm going to make Monday, that call. I'm not, I, I, I think I may pick, call him out if he brings it up again. I would pick but anyway, the okay. Patriots right now to win, to win on Monday night. But if they lost at Buffalo, Buffalo is a team that we think is good. They have a good quarterback when he takes care of the football. They have a really good defense. Um, And we saw that on Thanksgiving. Um, Again, against a depleted Saints team. But they look good on Thanksgiving night. Buffalo did what it's supposed to do, which is beat a beat-up team. Um, But if you would, with the time we got left in this segment, I'd like to give you that second slice of humble pie. Uh, well, if you oh don't yeah. Mind. Now I, I like this one. This is, I know what this is. Do you? Uh, as a matter of fact, okay. I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming a long time ago. I look forward to this one, and this is a slice of humble pie that I may send back to its baker. But anyway, come on, bring it on. I'll look at okay. it on my plate, and then I just might turn my nose because I know that makes a cook really mad when you just don't eat it uh, out of courtesy. You just kind of turn your face up like you too good for this. 
is very annoying and condescending. So I'm going to do that thing to you when you put this are you this whack slice of humble pie before me on this plate. But go ahead. I'll look at it for a while. Okay. Well, then I'm going to send it back in to two games in two games this year. The Cincinnati Bengals have sliced up the Pittsburgh Steelers by a combined 45 points 41 to 10 yesterday. And here's what they had to say afterward. When you were with the Steelers your whole time, the Steelers had the edge and the rivalry. Do you feel like the Bengals now have the edge? Absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, beating these guys, for me, twice, and for some of those other guys, three times straight, it, it, it's a big change in the guard, in our opinion. Um, it, it's giving us a lot of confidence, and guys are excited to see, see how the rest of the season plays out. See, I'm not even worried about Pittsburgh or the changing of the guard in the AFC North because here's the thing. Pittsburgh wasn't the guard to begin with. I I never believed in Pittsburgh. Thank you. I never believed in Pittsburgh. Exactly. But but what I have believed in, no, but that's your squad. Who I have believed in is the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll admit it, after they curb-stopped the Ravens, they got curb-stopped in turn by the Browns, and that was after they lost to Mike White's Jets, the Jets. going into their body. To the Jets. Okay? Okay. So plenty of reasons for you to go to stay on brand and say the Bengals gone Bengals. See, that's I'm why listening. I don't believe in them. But I'm I just listening. want to point out in the last two listen. weeks, they handled business against the Raiders and the Steelers, and it hasn't been particularly close in either game because after that bye week, they figured out, hey, enough of trying to prove Michael Holly wrong when it comes to Jamar Chase. Enough of trying to me. throw the ball around the yard. Let's run this rock with this monster named Joe Mixon. And let's mm-hmm. let those guys we paid all that money for on defense, like a Mike Hilton, like a Trey Hendrickson, let's let them do their thing. So, okay. here's another opportunity, Michael. If you, you can take the humble pie and say that you're a believer in the Bengals to be a factor <laughs> or to make the playoffs at least. <laughs> at least make the playoffs. Or you can get off your Bengals <laughs> jokes, but... All I know is they got the last laugh against your Pittsburgh Steelers. Because I know you got a terrible towel in your back pocket. I know you got a terrible towel in your back pocket. Had the Steelers won that game, you'd be in here. You'd be talking so much noise about Mike Tomlin this and the standard is this. I love Mike Tomlin. We seek no comfort that. But no, no. Should have taken that. No, should have taken that Bengals, USC that's job. Twice. Anyway. That's twice. <laughs> that's twice. <laughs> Bengals then embarrassed your Steelers twice. And I ask that you would humble yourself enough to acknowledge that this ain't the same old Bengals. Once and for all, uh, acknowledge it. Yeah, okay. What happened? You know, was not I, a miracle, oh, but I still want you okay. to acknowledge it. All right. They are not the same old Bengals in that they got seven wins already. <laughs> you know. Hey, listen. As a matter of fact, uh, you might, if you go to Kentucky, where the Cincinnati Airport is. They don't even have an airport in Cincinnati. It's in Kentucky. That's a, that's a oh, fact. Lord. I ain't even lying. Okay, but if you go to Kentucky, you might be have a parade. You might have a Kentucky parade because the Cincinnati Bengals have won seven games, and so <laughs> seven wins, seven wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, that is pretty good. How many games they win last year, Mike? They win what three, four games last year, somewhere in there. I know they were the top of the draft again. Okay. <laughs> Well, the quarterback got hurt, but okay. Well, that's that's where your Steelers oh, gonna okay. be if they okay. lucky. Hey, hey, listen, all right, yeah. Or they are okay, gonna be right maybe, in the middle, and, the no, and no teams. Unfortunate, and 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 that'd be nice for them to finally, to finally kind of reset. It happens to some of the best teams in the AFC North, at the Ravens, 
every now and then got to reset the Steelers reset and the Bengals who are always set in the same place somewhere in the top 10. You look, you look where the Bengals can't, can't bring look yourself. at the top 10. You can't bring yourself. Look at the top 10 yourself. and you can can't find yourself look, to do it. Seven can't. wins and if they finish seven so and ten eight and nine so stubborn. That's a pretty good year for Cincinnati because you know what's going to happen. Right? They got the Chargers next. You know what's going to happen. They, they, okay, they're going to lose to the Chargers. Then they got the Niners. Okay. Uh, I don't know if Debo Samuel's going to be, if, if Debo's back, Debo back. Oh, it doesn't even matter. There's a guy named Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and so he's going to run all over him. I don't know why. So they'll lose it. From you. They go lose I, I because it's the Bengals, Mike. It's I, the Bengals. I, no, because it's you. About no, because it's They're you. Like, Cause it's you. It's like, oh, oh, like why, why, what is it about the Cincinnati Bengals that you believe in? That they they can beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh does not look like itself. Pittsburgh has been struggling, really, for. I mentioned the Raiders win. I guess that does nothing for you. About a year. All right. For about a calendar year, the the Steelers have been struggling for a calendar. They got up to what eight and zero, ten and zero, whatever it was last year. Great start, Mm -hmm. and then sunk. Yeah. They sunk. In the second half, yep. and then this year they're a 500 team. So, yeah, you beat up on the Steelers. See, that's like a really Cincinnati slash Kentucky thing to do. You pick something that's mediocre, and you say, "Ooh, we better than the mediocre standard." Oh, okay, good for you. Good for you. You got seven wins. Maybe you got seven wins. Just to bring it full. You win another game. Maybe you'll win Maybe. nine. But you know what it might be? I, you know what it might be, Michael? You know what it might be? Maybe it is stemming from your certain teams don't want to win take or your Jamar Chase take. Maybe I'm guilty. Maybe I'm guilty. Or maybe I'm guilty of just being set in my ways from a month or two ago or whenever it was. Maybe I just can't let it go. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm maybe I'm hypocritical in this. Maybe, maybe I just can't see it for what it is. Maybe I'm I, you know I'm, hey. I'm sorry. I just watch the games too much. What can I say? Yeah. In the meantime, uh, send this pie back to the kitchen. I ain't putting this filth in my body. This I'm eating crow next. Pie. But listen, I'm eating crow next. All right. I'm send it back to the kitchen. Next. I'm gonna eat my crow next, brother. Don't worry. I don't eat pork or Bengals pie. All right, so on a bad pinky toe, Aaron Rodgers reigning in perhaps back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers throws for a touchdown, a couple of touchdowns, I beg your pardon, throws for two touchdowns and runs for another one on the aforementioned bad toe on which he does not plan to have surgery and said after the game that he wasn't missing any time as the Packers head into their bye week, sitting pretty uh, at nine and three half a game back of the Cardinals, but with the tiebreaker based off their head to head win. Uh, And so uh, Green Bay, a complete team, as I called them earlier in the season, a very complete team that hasn't been all together nor put it all together, uh, which is a scary thought. Conversely, there's the Rams. and one Matthew Stafford, uh, who threw a pick six for the third consecutive game. The That's only thing, uh, 
<laughs> it is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, uh, the only thing, my only saving grace from yesterday, from really, really having to eat crow, is that Odell Beckham salvaged the touchdown. That he managed to actually do something of significance. It was not in a winning effort, but at least no, he did more no. than get cardio yesterday. So that's the only thing yeah. that's kind of sort of saving me when it comes to the Rams. So I love if you don't mind Michael to, to focus more on the, on the Packers, if you will. I love to focus on the Packers here. What, what say I bet you, you brother? <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about the Rams though. I want to talk about the Rams for a little bit. Just for a little sure. bit. Let's spend some time. Just for a little bit. Let's, let, yeah, just, let's make it quick. And sure. Let's make it quick. Can you help me out with this team, especially defensively? Probably not. You not don't ask me to help you. I just don't. I'm the, are you coming to the I wrong place for help on the Rams? I don't understand how. Okay, and th this is this is why the story is just so. It's a it's a delicious story. It really is. Last year, I think they were nine and seven. Is that right? They were nine and seven, and they felt like they were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl team. So they went all in. To get that quarterback, Matthew Stafford, they've been stalking Matthew Stafford, and he is a lot better. We heard this before that he even threw a pass in a Rams uniform. He was a lot better than people realize. And that, you know, as, as Sean McVay and his staff did the, the study, the, did the tape on him, they saw a lot of nuance, a lot of little things, the little things. I love when people say that. It's the little things that people don't understand. Ten, ten and six, by the way. Ten and six. Oh, by the ten way. and six. Even better. Okay. To, more to six. your point. Ten, ten and, and six. six. That, that just that okay, just helps you, right? <laughs> they won ten games. They won ten yeah. games. So they just went to the playoffs. That, they're gonna have to go five hundred down the stretch. Just Lost to match Lambo, last year's win total. All right. Mm -hmm. So you know Matthew Stafford. You know, you know he's the guy who's gonna take him to the next level. So they got Stafford to replace Jared Goff. They pick up Von Miller during the season. Add him to Aaron Donald, the consensus for for some, the consensus best player in football, regardless of position. Jalen Ramsey, the self-anointed best cornerback in football. You know, good defense, good defensive scheme, and they get worse. Every time I see them on defense, they're worse than the last time I saw them on defense. I, you yeah, know, I thought they were. Part. I mean, they just keep getting worse and, in the numbers. And Lewis of Keys, they haven't been great all year on defense. Lewis of Keys, right. even before they got Von Miller. Right, the numbers don't year. match. They were okay. The number, why don't they, and then I ask the question, why don't they play to the resume? Or, or maybe, maybe it's just the resume. We just got too caught up in who's doing it and not what they're doing. Hey, you know, you wrote, I, I'm going to blow your mind with this one. Um, because I remember good writing. I remember good writing, even if it's whether it's from my friends or enemies. Do I have enemies? Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I remember good writing from friends or enemies. This happens to be from a friend, even though you're trying to act like an enemy today. And you wrote uh, a long time ago, you were doing a story on trash talking. And you said uh, Muhammad Ali was Muhammad Ali the greatest or, or was he the greatest because he said he was? That's what you wrote. It sounds pretty good, right? You wrote that probably like almost 20 years mm -hmm. ago. And yeah. uh, I thought that was look that up. That was really it was a really good piece uh, on oh, trash talking okay. in sports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the Rams. Thank you. The Rams have a little bit of that. The Rams have that. Hey, we're great. Self-proclaimed greatness and it is good for marketing. It's good for Instagram. Uh, it's good for storylines. 
but it doesn't really help you when you're on a football field, somebody's across from you, and they're just punching you in your face up and down the field. Like you can you can call yeah. yourself great, and you can say oh, I'm all this, and and check me out, and this is clever. But yeah. ultimately, this team is fraudulent. The Rams are just like they they are. I, I can't a bunch argue of, with that right now. They I are. They're just a bunch that. of big names. They're a bunch of big names who don't play to their That's accomplishments. So I don't trust That's them. That's hard to argue with. I don't I don't fear them. Uh, they're not going anywhere fast. It's unfortunate that there's a, uh, a Super Bowl in a wonderful city like Los Angeles and neither Los Angeles team will be able to will will can seriously can be discussed seriously as, as competing in that Super Bowl as a home team. Let me uh, let me respond by saying a couple of things. One, as we watch Matthew Stafford throw that aforementioned pick six in a third straight game. Um, I know that there are plenty of people saying, I told you so. Um, yourself. Because uh, we've been going Johnson. back and forth on Matthew Stafford. Matt, Jason Johnson, yes. Matthew Stafford, uh, since since the trade went down. And, and Jared Goff was scapegoated. Uh, even though he's never won a game with any head coach not named Sean McVay. Uh, but Jared Goff was scapegoated. Um, and we talked, we went back and forth on, on the draft pick approach and going all in and, and pushing everything to the table. And we've had, we've had a lot of fun talking about the Rams. And I, I've, through eight games, I was feeling pretty good about myself uh, when it was sitting at seven and one in any argument for best teams in the NFL. I was like, see, I told you about Matt Stafford. Oh, and then when Odell Beckham got, when, when he signed with the Rams, I was, whew, man. I was, I was, <laughs> couldn't tell me shit that day. <laughs> I was feeling, oh man, I was feeling myself. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Matthew, I'm, I was wrong about Matthew Stafford. I still believe that Matthew Stafford was better than his resume or lack thereof when it comes to the playoffs would suggest in Detroit. I think he's just in a long line of people who are unable to transcend their circumstances in Detroit. That's number one. Mm. Number two, right. I do think Odell Beckham is better than what we saw in Cleveland at the end. But it's going to take some time. I don't know what Von Miller is. And again, their defensive problems preceded Von Miller. Here's what I can agree with on, on the Rams. And, and, oh, and, and lastly, I still think everything they've done was the right approach. I think everything okay. they did to try to make themselves... Yeah. Put themselves even a step closer to the Super Bowl because I'm sorry, Michael. It. You can say what you want about what they it. did with Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford's better than Jared Goff. Is he so he much is. better than Jared? He looks he Jared Goff-ish right now. He looks real Jared Goff-ish right now. I can't lie about that. I mean, what's the is difference? Is he better than Jared? Pick yeah, six. I think most people. Agree. But if it's a pick six, but if it's a pick six, yeah. who gives a damn who throws it? Right? I mean, he's playing like Jared Goff right now. My point is, I don't second guess any of the decisions that Les Snead and Sean McVay made when it comes to their personnel. Having said all of that, they're a relevant regular season team. They're an interesting, relevant regular season team because of all those names. Um, because I look at the team that they've lost to in these last three games, and they all have one thing in common, whether that was Tennessee, whether that was resurgent San Francisco, who has owned the Rams under the Shanahan and McVay regimes, and now Green Bay. They've lost the three teams and you just hit on it that will hit you in the mouth. There's nothing tough mm -hmm. about the Rams. There's nothing tough about the way they play. There's nothing tough about some of their individuals on that team. 
Um, and I'm not talking about the sure first battle Hall of Famers. I would I would dare question Aaron Donald's toughness. I wouldn't question Jalen Ramsey's right. toughness. Um, or even Von Miller at this stage in his career. And I think Matthew Stafford is, is as tough as they come. We just don't know about it all the time. Had to be. Um, but collectively, there is something soft. There is something glitzy and glamoury about this team. Uh, they lack the, 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 the substance and the fortitude. It's Right now, they're lacking it. They don't have what it takes to compete with the Green Bays of the world, which if you will, I'm not avoiding accountability, but I'm saying to me yesterday had more to do for, for our purposes and our brand, if you will. It's about the Rams. Yeah, because I've been all in on the Rams. You told me so. But yesterday's outcome for me was more about the Green Bay Packers who are able to win in a variety of ways, even when they're not at full strength. Like they don't have to have their best day to win. They don't have to be on their best to win, which tells me that their best days are still ahead of them. I love them. That's I love your them. Super, I really love that's your preseason. I love them. that's your preseason that, Super Bowl pick in Green Bay. I love that's your preseason really Super Bowl do. pick right there. And their one loss. I love their, their team. one loss with Rodgers at quarterback was Week One. The other one we all know was with Jordan Love when Rodgers was out with COVID. And I'll go back to what I said last week, Michael. And I'm gonna ask Charles about this when we get to him in a couple of minutes. I wonder if Rodgers, ironically, the very media that he misled, will end up voting for him. The only obvious MVP competitor that Not I could to. point out is Brady. I wonder yeah. if the very media that he misled will vote for him for a second MVP. I, I said this Wednesday when he put his foot up on the table, and then I heard Jimmy Johnson say yesterday in the old, in the OT that he's the MVP. So if they keep winning and he keeps playing the way he's playing, I know he doesn't have the stats he had last year, but if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he could be MVP and have his yeah. best shot in a long time of winning in the playoffs, given away that defense is playing and that running game that he has to lean on now, even with the offensive line injuries. There's complete a team as there is in the league right now. Yeah, and that's the word. They, they are complete, Mike. You know, anything, anything that comes their way, any kind of... Um, any kind of adversity that they face, any type of team, uh, you know, because there are various styles of teams that have come at them. I mean, the Rams are one kind of team, uh, the Cardinals, something else. Uh, they lost to Minnesota last week, but Minnesota teams in their division, that's a different style altogether. But anything that they, they face, it, it, dare I say they are immunized against any kind Nicely of, any done. Kind of uh, issues. Nicely done. Any kind of issues that they face. Nicely them. done. But really, you know what I like this team though. I'll well, tell you why okay. I like them. Seriously. Last year, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is their guy. Run it, can catch it. But now, if Aaron Jones is not doing it, I like AJ Dillon. I like the combo of Dillon and Jones. So he just added. They signed Jones and they added to the running back stable by by going uh, to Dillon more. Uh, they know their backup quarterback can play. Can he play at Aaron Rodgers' level? No, but he can play. He's not a bum. He couldn't move like Jordan Love. It's not like he doesn't belong in the league. It was his first you start. Can, they, at Kansas they City. They were right. First start at KC. They lose that game. They only scored seven points. They lose that game 13 to 7. Yeah. So even when Aaron Rodgers is not around this team, they got a toughness. They got a competitiveness. They got a good defense. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers can take over the game at any point. Yesterday, 
hobbling along. We just showed it running in for the touchdown, tossing a couple more touchdowns after last week with his fractured toe, throwing four touchdown passes against the Vikings. They have yeah. answered almost every question you could possibly have for them. And now I think they're starting to get it. I know they lost sweat last week, won this week. Now they're starting to get sure. 12 games in. This is their kick. This is where they make that push. Right. I think they're going to wind up with the, the number one time. seed. I do. I do think they're going to wind up with the number one seed. I know. Yeah, they got the tie. Uh, that's tough. And uh, so I, I think they're. I think we'll see them in L.A. Let me eat a little bit more crow. Um, There's more. And again, I'm going to. I'm going to conveniently close my eyes and hold my nose oh. and think about something else while I'm eating it. Um, oh. Let's just say it wasn't oh. Cam Newton's best day. <laughs> um, let's just let's, let's, to put it kindly. But actually, it was yeah. his worst day. What was his past rating? Like 5.8, 5 of 21, yeah. uh, something like yeah. that. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quick on this one. I'll be quick on this Benched one. Benched again. No, no, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> take your time. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm here. I told you Cam was playing time. with house money. I told you Cam was playing with house money. I told you he was playing with house money. So, okay. a dude that was on the street a couple of years, a couple of days ago, that was at home eating cereal on the couch, that was that was at home. I told you then he didn't have to be the savior he was when he was the number one overall pick. He's a good story, and like he said yesterday, don't nobody give a damn about a good story. So you know what? Okay. I'm still I'm still a believer in Cam. I told you this he may not always right come when you want him, but he's always on time. And yesterday he didn't show up. It's okay. It's okay, Cam. What's he? I mean, it's it's fine. It, it, it is what it is. This is a guy that you want to put in the media. This is a guy that was chilling, unemployed. He comes back. It's a feel-good story. Maybe he's just not that good. I don't know. Maybe he's still learning a damn system for crying out loud. Okay. Oh, the system. He's sitting looking for me to acknowledge yeah. that I was wrong about Cam Newton. No, I was wrong yesterday. But we'll see. And next year he'll serve for as a good mentor. The only thing I really wanted to and say maybe, about this game, though, was is that, what, what? and I'll, I'll make this, I'll, I'll promise to make it quick. This is about Miami, man. This is about Miami. This is about Miami being, in the last four games, being the team that we thought they could be. Like, you don't go 5 for 21 just because you suck. You go 5 for 21 because the other team's doing something right. And they made right. Cam Newton. They've made Lamar Jackson. This Dolphins defense in Brian Flores has made quite a few quarterbacks lately look like bums. They're playing really good football. And yesterday, Tua Tungavaloa, I don't care what passes he was throwing, he couldn't miss. And in the grand scheme Jaylen of things... Wa and Jalen Waddle was balling And Jalen Waddle. And in, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, and this is another I told you so, not you, because you, you were with me on this. Remember I was like the Texans ought to take what they can get from the Dolphins while they're desperate? Yeah. Because... Maybe Tua just needed time. And and Tua, he's gotten better. And if they keep making a playoff push, Stephen Ross may decide just to love the one he's with. Because Tua looked damn good yesterday. And his yeah, team is look, playing well around him. So that the whole the whole landscape of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes we haven't talked about in a while may be changing right before our eyes, starting with the resurgent Miami Dolphins. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, let's talk about the Dolphins. You're right. Four straight wins for the Dolphins. They start off one and seven. They beat the Patriots first game of the year on the road, beat them by a point. 
Uh, great game from the Dolphins defensively, especially in that game. And then they lost seven straight. Now they won four in a row. And it's as dangerous to do this in this kind of AFC. But if you look at the Dolphins schedule down the stretch, they got the Patriots the last game of the year at home. If you look at their schedule, the Dolphins could make a push for it's not too late. They might be able to sneak in as the seventh playoff team in the AFC. It's a very favorable schedule. And I got to tell you, I think that game against, uh, you know, that, that Patriots game, Patriots lost to them, and maybe the Patriots feel like they should have won that first game. Hmm. This is, uh, is going to be a tough matchup for them. And if you look at it, Brian Flores has a winning record against Bill Belichick in his, uh, in his brief coaching career. That's one. Here, here's, here's two. For Cam Newton, you said, I, I wanted to put the guy in the media. I wish he had worn a microphone yesterday. <laughs> That would have made it a little bit more entertaining just to sit there and watch him drop back. And for a big guy, I've said this to you before, and you always say, well, Cam is always talking like this. For a guy who's 6'5", who looks amazing, you're like, incredibly handsome guy, you know, big, you know, statuesque quarterback. He throws like me. It's so weird to watch him throw a football. It's almost like he's got to, like, hitch up and get a little momentum just to kind of shot put that thing. It's weird the way he throws and it's more exaggerated now because I think he's dealing with something physically with his arm, but his arm strength comes and goes very inconsistent. But uh, Mike, the last thing I'll say, here's the last thing I'll say. Yeah. You ain't getting out of this. Stop it. <laughs> you ain't getting out of this. Oh, we need to oh. start it. Let me just let me just let me throw some quotes at you. Okay. Uh, no, I don't hear the music. Oh, okay. Oh, we're gonna stay I, think, here. I think Charles stay Robinson. Here Charles yeah, Robinson yeah. Charles standing by. Charles needs to hear this too. <laughs> He's been waiting. Uh, let, me throw, let me throw some quotes. Uh, we're gonna start a segment on this show called "Won't He Do It? Won't He Do It?" Because Cam, <laughs> Cam is about to ball out. Cam's about to ball out. Oh, really? That was about a good to ball out, Mike? Yeah, that was a good yeah, sermon. All that, and and then. And then, you know, you had all this to say about, oh, you know, it's just a matter of time. And it's just, you know, I told you Cam Newton, Cam Newton didn't lose it. He's just in a better situation now. Stop it. You know what? Stop. For somebody who's staying in his Bible, you lack faith. Faith in what? Just just because the preacher was a little off. Now you gonna question Cam? <laughs> hey, hey, su- support the church, not necessarily the pastor. <laughs> I'm just a vessel, Michael. I'm just a vessel. Yeah, that's right. Just this cracked vessel. That's it. Uh, hey, Charles, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need, the, I'm gonna need the hat plug, dog. I'm gonna need the hat plug. Um, wow. First of all, you know, you know, because you're the commissioner, you know my sorry ass fantasy team name is Woke Mob. I named, I, I changed it a million times. I settled on Woke Mob. That is the name of my three and nine fantasy team. I need that hat off. That's a good one. That's, that's really, really good. But okay, that, that's an easy tee up to the, the conversation we were having uh, a few moments ago and, and one that I referenced last week. Look, I know Rogers doesn't have. 2020 numbers on his side, but absent any runaway leader at this point in the season for MVP, 
um, any consistent competition outside of maybe Tom Brady at quarterback. Uh, the way the Packers are winning and the way Rodgers is playing through a toe injury and at one point recovering from COVID, could the very media that he misled end up voting Aaron Rodgers MVP again, Charles? Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any question. I would definitely vote for him. Um, I, I, you know, it was interesting to me after he came out, all the COVID stuff comes out and he says, you know, he was on the Pat McAfee show and I think they made the joke about, well, you're definitely not going to win MVP now, which is insulting, frankly. Um, but I, like I, I think he professionals. doesn't. Well, no, that, I mean, like Troy Aikman's voting James Lofton. Like you really, you think these guys aren't going to vote for the best player? Like it's just, it's, I, it shows a lack of knowledge on, on his part, not understanding who votes for it. But that said, I'm telling you right now, I could care less about that stuff. If he's the best player, um, if he's the MVP, he's the MVP. Um, and yeah. right now he's definitely, uh, I mean, Brady's there too. But I think even Rodgers not playing in the Kansas City game to me was in a way a little bit of a bump because you got a chance to look at what does the Packers offense look like without Aaron Rodgers in there. And it was completely ineffective. Um, and I, to me, uh, I think he looks very comparable to the player um, last year when, when obviously he ran away with the MVP. But um, and, and this is despite, remember, David Bakhtiari um, is out right now. They just lost a, a Pro Bowl guard um, in Elkton Jenkins. Um, yeah. the, the wide receiving core, uh, Valdez Scantling was down for a while. Randall Cobb's getting worked back in. Uh, Devontae Adams was down with COVID at one point. So I, it's uh, Robert Tunyon. I think, he's, I think he's playing extremely well, and I like the Packers a lot. And I think, actually, if you look at their schedule, um, their remaining schedule sets them up with a very prime opportunity to be the number one seed in the NFC uh, going into the playoffs. So I, I have no issues at all voting for Aaron Rodgers. I think he absolutely has to be in the he's, – he's either at one or two. He's right there. That, that's what I was saying last week is, is you know, the narrative, you know, like that, that press conference of, of putting his foot up on the table is, is as, <laughs> as obnoxious as it may have been. Great moment. Like, okay, now, you got, moment, now you got injury. On, on his side as well. Yeah. But let me ask you this, man. Once upon a time, and, and, you know, it was last off season, and it was a lot of speculation about next off season. Once upon a time, Denver was a destination for Aaron Rodgers. I, once upon a time, I thought Denver was tanking. And now here they sit at six and five. If you'd have told me when they traded Von Miller for second and third round picks that the Rams would be seven and four and the Broncos would be six and five at this point. Wait for it. I'd have said you're crazy, but no, seriously, it's like, like I thought the I thought the Broncos were throwing in the towel this year. What's gotten into Denver, and can it, and they, and can they sustain this and actually make a push for one of those last playoff seeds? If, well, if not the AFC West, for crying out loud. One thing about the Von Miller trade is we have to be honest; they got a lot. I mean, they paid. They granted they paid a lot of Von's salary to go and play in L.A., but they weren't going to extend Von. Von wasn't going to get another big contract out of the Denver Broncos, so they were able to get assets. I think we missed the fact that this was a player that wasn't necessarily on the block with the Denver Broncos, but the Rams came out of the woodwork and said, look, if you'll pay the salary, we're going to give you a couple of, of, you know, prime picks for Von Miller and Denver knowing that, Hey, we're, we're not about accruing, you know, 30 plus year old players here. We're, we're in a rebuilding mode with George Payton, not a rebuilding mode, but I think it continuing to build the mode um, with George Payton. So I, I'm a little surprised. I can't lie here. Like I thought um, 
they're playing hard for Vic Fangio. Let me put it to you that way. I, I thought that this was going to be a season where we would see them um, probably be a below average football team, realize that they don't have the quarterback situation resolved and, and then end up moving on from Vic and pairing um, the next head coach with whatever quarterback option they seek in the off season. Um, but yeah, they've continued to play really hard. I mean, the defense has always had depth. It's not like it's a, it's, here's one thing about Denver. We get so fixated on the quarterback position and we go, Teddy ain't it. Like he's not, Teddy's not it. Or, or Drew Locke's not it. That's not the resolution ultimately for this team. They got talent at the quarterback. around them. They do. Absolutely. They, they have all the receivers. Yeah. yeah they have backs, a, you know, offensive line's pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. Offensive line's pretty good. It's got some depth. Um, as you said, skill positions are really nice. Um, you know, even, even defensively, it's not like there's not talent there. Um, and, and by the way, Patrick Sertan, um, the second, uh, I'm just telling you right now, when they drafted him, part of the reason for passing on Justin Fields, I think there were a few different, you know, um, reasons that this happened. And it wasn't that there weren't people inside the building who, who liked Justin Fields, but I think, number one, they thought they were going to get a realistic shot at Aaron Rodgers before the regular season rolled around. I think that factored into it. I think some of the evaluation in Justin Fields factored into it. But I'm telling you right now, um, the corner that they took, <laughs> they knew and fully felt. And when I went through there in, in training camp, they were like, this guy is going to be a cornerstone cornerback for us, a number one corner for a really long time. They liked him a lot. So now what you're seeing with – all of a sudden people on the outside going, oh, two picks, and he looks so great. He's looked that way for them since training camp. You know what, Charles, at this point in the season, it's a little dangerous to get infatuated with a team that's right around 500, whether it's one game over or one game under, uh, because it's, it's practically December. So teams have pretty much stated who they're going to be. But with that being said, San Francisco 49ers intrigue me. Uh, tell yeah. me why I should not be intrigued or tell me, hey, reinforce my optimism for the San Francisco 49ers. Three straight games of 37 plus minutes time of possession. Okay. And you know when that started? When they figured out how to run the football. Okay. Getting Mitchell back in the fold, figuring out that Debo Samuel can be a guy they use in the run game. It completely transformed this offense into what Kyle Shanahan I think has wanted to run what he planned on running coming into the season, but obviously the every running back position became a mess. I, it's crazy. Like every it's drive is ten minutes. <laughs> they just completely, yeah. They just decimate. They're decimating teams the last three games where they're just absolutely, um, you know, sucking the life out of them. And I think it's a different team. A getting healthier. B having that running game and particularly getting Debo Samuel involved in it, figuring out that they can run the football maybe a little bit differently than they plan to coming into the season has made a huge difference for them. And it's, it's again, I think that they have always felt like they can win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. That, like, hey, if we, if we have the offense structured the way we want to run it with Kyle Shanahan leading into Mike Shanahan type um, offensive mode, you know, particularly running the football, uh, that, that this can be a winning team, especially if they're healthy. And then defensively, I think over the course of the season, we've started to see them get healthy. If you go back in the preseason, I think you guys agreed, and I thought, this is, I was like, oh, the 49ers, that's t totally a team I think could be a Super Bowl team coming out of the NFC. But then everything became a mess. The running back position was a mess. They were trying to figure out what are they doing with quarterback is Trey Lance? Are they gearing this toward Trey Lance? 
building into taking over the job at some point during the season. There were defensive injuries. A lot of different things, I think, happened to the 49ers that are starting to, you know, clear themselves up a little bit. And I'll tell you what, if there is a season where a wild card team has the capability to do a New York Giants and win a Super Bowl, uh, it could be the 49ers. I, I don't think there's any question that I, I wouldn't want to play the 49ers if this is what they're building into, this kind of momentum into yeah. the postseason. We'll see how much time uh, Debo Samuel misses with that groin injury. Right, uh, the groin. In the meantime, right. we're going to take a quick break, come back with more from you, Chuck. Uh, and so you don't have to share with everybody else. You just tell me offline. You knew I was going to sweat that hat. That's why you wore it. <laughs> He's like, oh, That's I'm why I'm killing with this. I'm gonna kill him with this joint today. <laughs> we're gonna see you in a minute. Yeah, Cliff. Um, why not just say I I have no interest in the Oklahoma job? Yeah, I, I just like I said, I, we're in season. We're nine and two. Um, just not a topic I want to touch on right now. Back with Charles Robinson. Look, I mean, I've I've seen the game played. I've been played. Um, so when I yeah. first saw this yesterday, this quote unquote story, I'm like, oh man, I ain't hating the player. Hate the game. I get it, Cliff. Cash in. They just gave Mel Tucker 95 million at Michigan State. Okay, Lincoln Riley just hightailed it for USC. There's a college job open. Cliff Kingsbury still looks like he's in college for crying out loud. He got one year left on his deal. This is what you pay your agent for to put you in the mix for jobs that you're really not in the mix for to leverage more money out of your current employer. So I just figured this was a transparent attempt at trying to leverage the situation or, for his own contract negotiations. Or, or Charles Robinson, is he looking at that money that they give it out in college saying, you know what? Yeah, I got Kyler Murray here, but I've seen the Cardinals fire coach after one year. The NFL is not for long. I love my career in, in Arizona, but it depends on how much they're talking. So is this just agent using reporter or could Cliff Pingsbury actually be a viable candidate at the University of Oklahoma? It is. I am making $5.5 million a year. Matt Rule is making $8.5 million a year. Um, coach, coach pay, head coach pay in the NFL is significantly depressed when compared to college head coaching pay uh, at the at not even the upper reaches now. I mean, just good schools and Power Five conferences. Um, it, it's this is just the market is going to it's going to catch up. The head coaching market is going to have to catch up to salaries um, in college. It's weird to say that, but it's it's the truth. I mean. Um, I think he's making 5.5 million. I think that puts him 11th, 11th. He's almost top 10 at 5.5 million. Like you said, Mel Tucker gets a $95 million 10 year deal. Um, you're going to see Cliff Kingsbury is going to end up eventually getting, unless this just completely falls apart in Arizona. I think you're going to end up seeing him getting a new contract and numbers that put him closer to the top five, which is going to be around that nine to $10 million a year range, which is, Frankly, I think top 10 coaches in the NFL are headed toward nine to $10 million a year salaries. You're going to see general manager salaries are going to start to rise. All this new money comes in from the television deal, which impacts the salary cap um, and what player pay will be. It's only a matter of time before um, NFL head coaches. 
Must, yes. must be nice. That was great. Timing is everything. Because you know what he really needs? Yeah. He really needs another house. He needs, he needs to upgrade yeah, his right, career. Right, that's, right. What, that's what right. Kingsbury really needs. I mean, and it's so funny. You know, I, I remember this, this stood out to me. You guys can relate to this because uh, we all started at uh, smaller newspapers at some point, it, whether it was for the, the full-time job or as an intern. But I remember being like a first-year reporter at the Akron Beacon Journal writing about uh, a, a Cavaliers player who was only making $500,000. Okay, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong wait, with wait, this? Wait, like, okay. I, 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 like, I, at the time, at the wait. time, I was writing. <laughs> at the time. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, wait, the, okay. But listen, I got, I got, what I'm saying, but I was writing the story, I had a blanket wrapped around me because the heat was off. <laughs> you know, I'm wait, wait. Right no, no, you probably had a candle. A I have a really, I have a good, I have a good story, Michael Smith story here. Okay, years and years oh, ago, boy. many years ago, after Michael Smith had gone to to ESPN, um, I was I was up on my, I don't know, it might have been my second or maybe my third contract at Yahoo, and uh, and I and I called Mike and I said, hey, I got to ask you a question. I said, you know, I got this deal on the table. It's a three year deal, four year deal, whatever the the the, the years were at that time. And, and, and Mike's like, do you mind if I, you know, like, so what's the number? So I tell him the number and he goes, Oh, per year. I was like, no man, that's for the full four years. man." I was like, what are you making at ESPN, bro? I was like, I need to get over and get that TV money. What am I doing? Perspective, man. Perspective. I remember I was sitting in my car and I like looked at my phone. Like, what is this doing? You're like, I called, yeah. I called for advice, but now I'm thinking about my my own career. Because I know yeah. what Michael Smith is making. Oh, man. Oh, and, instant, uh, and, instant depression. And, and, what I, and what I have pales. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, speaking of coaches' salaries, the top of the mountain, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Now, Michael has been trying to uh, lecture me and counsel me on the Patriots and how he tried to tell me many years ago or many months ago that the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. Last week. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, or, or last week. I don't know if they're the best team in the AFC, Charles, but if you assess them, how do you assess the Patriots uh, when you look at them against the Bills, when you look at them against the rest of the AFC, rest of the NFL? Well, what I like is they're balanced. They're what Buffalo isn't, okay? So we sit there and we look at Buffalo and we're like, why is this offense a roller coaster? Why is it somewhat dysfunctional right now? I think it's because you look at so much of the offense being loaded onto Josh Allen, so one-sided. But I think the Patriots are the opposite offensively. They're very balanced. They figured out how to run the football. They don't ask Mac Jones to do a ton. And then they lean a lot on a really talented, deep defense. That's not only is it deep, but it's smart. And it, it, when Bill Belichick has his smartest defenses, he loves it because what does it allow him to do? It allows him to do a lot of different things. He can throw, he can get a little more complicated um, with it. And, and it's not a smart old defense. I mean, there's some youth there that's making big contributions this season. Um, so I think that's what I like about, about the Patriots. It's, it, it plays into um, just basic you know, things that we've seen over the years that work in the NFL. If you can run the ball, if you can play good defense, and you can get some home field advantage in the playoffs, you're generally going to be a team that can make some strides in, in the postseason. And I, I, it took me a while to come around on the Patriots, but as they've stacked up this winning streak – and I've looked at why are they being successful. 
um, and realize that a lot of it has to do with that balance on offense and the, the fact that the defense is a very, very good unit. Um, I'm, I'm a buyer. I wish they wouldn't have let go of Stephon Gilmore. I'll be honest with you. I wish they would have figured out a way to, to keep him in the fold there. Um, but when you compare it to the rest of the AFC, when I watch Lamar Jackson <clears throat> throw four interceptions, throw three in, in three consecutive uh, um you know, drives and they were all bad interceptions. And then you watch the Browns only turn that into three points. The Patriots aren't going to do that. They're going to beat you. Like if Lamar Jackson does that against the Patriots, he's going to lose the, the chargers. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what to think of that team. Like I, I don't, they're all over the place. I don't think you can count on them at all. The Buffalo bills again, until they find some element of balance, plus you lose uh, a Tredavious white. I mean, Tredavious white, yeah. The, there's a there's a lot of things that around in the AFC to question and and somehow the Patriots have become a, a bit of a bedrock in a season that I thought they were at least a year away if not more. Yeah, they just handle their business. Simple as that. Um, going back to that Browns Ravens game, um, I I beat up on Baker. You know, um, he is beat up, but I mean I've said before, for all the commercials he's in, I have a tough time buying him. I'm not alone because another week, another family member getting involved. Yeah. Uh, first, it was Odell Beckham's dad. Then it was Baker's wife. To an extent, she always reposts. And now it's Kareem Hunt's dad getting in on the act. Um, I feel like I've asked you this question before, but um, Baker, like, what's the what's the internal feeling from the Browns? Like, how does that how does that team, that organization, actually feel? about it? Forget what I think or we, or we think on the outside or people's parents think. Yeah. It's like, what's the internal vibe about Baker Mayfield short term and long term you know I think short term it's um especially heading into this bye week first off getting things quiet there's just a lot like you said to have Kareem Hunstad come out and you know the stuff on social media they just they the organizations wanted to get away from that kind of drama for a long time the fact that this is now happening again and it's happening surrounding the quarterback that noise is such a net negative for them that I think they want to take the bye week and settle things down a little bit, try to figure out what they're going to do on the offensive line with, with Conklin going down um, for the remainder of the season and, and then figure out fundamentally what are the things that we've done right and how can we lean into this in what is going to be a brutal schedule coming out of the bye. They have a really tough – it's not a single team with a losing record right now. I think the Steelers 5-5-1 five, five, and one are the worst team left. Um, heading into the stretch run for them, and which means you're going to play only teams that are fighting for playoff spots. Not a good situation, but I think, you know, short term, it's just now look back at what we did right. Let's lean into that, try to fight and tr- see if we can get into the playoffs. And if they can't, I think then now you have to focus on the long-term answer, which is what are the long-term possibilities out there? Are there going to be quarterbacks on the table who we can potentially trade for. I still think Russell Wilson is a guy that they would look at if Russell Wilson Mm. were to become available. Um, Interesting. You know, are there options where if, if there isn't an easy replacement or something that they have to basically completely drive a ton of investment into, is there a middle of the road veteran option out there that they could bring in to at least give themselves an insurance policy in his fifth year option? um, They already have one. They already had that Who's guy, that? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. No, Case Keenum. no, I don't. No? I, I think that I think it's more along the lines of 
I, I was compared it to when Marcus Mariota went into his fifth year option with the Tennessee Titans and they said, let's go get Ryan Tannehill. Maybe yeah. that's a bad situation that we can turn around and, and make it right here. If Marcus Basically, Mario doesn't get, work, basically get somebody else's Baker Mayfield and see if they, if it could be a reclamation project. Right. And, and last time, and is that Marcus Mariota? <laughs> like, is that, yeah, you know, Mitch well, Trubisky, is it, time, you know, this time you said Russell Wilson. I don't remember you saying that before the name you said last time. And I want to, I'm, I'm going to use it as kind of like a six degrees of separation. You said you mentioned that maybe they inquire about Deshaun Watson. So we were talking sure. about the Dolphins and them surging and Tua's improvement and whether or not that maybe pulls the Dolphins out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. We'll see about Carolina um, in the offseason. We'll see about Denver uh, in the offseason. The other team that fascinates me is Philadelphia because right. I, I, I was a believer in Jalen Hurts pretty much from day one up and down this year. Yesterday, I know he throws the three picks, but damn it, Jalen Rager, and I don't mean to pile on the dude because, you know, everybody has a bad day. Hell, I have a bad day. You know right. what I mean? But my God, I mean, not one, but two opportunities in spite of those three picks to maybe win that game against the Giants and make the NFC East that much easier. What is the organization's attitude toward Jalen Hurts at this juncture? A lot of football to be played. Do they believe that he's a long-term answer or are they going to be aggressive in the offseason when it comes to the quarterback position? I think that they'll be open to looking and seeing what's available in the offseason. You know, I don't. I, I think that it's an organization that is um, not all the way in on Jalen Hurts, not all the way out on Jalen Hurts. And, I mean, Howie Roseman, the general manager there, his mentality anyway is like, hey, I want to look at everything almost no matter what. Right. Um, and, but, you know, I think here's the thing about Hurts, that there's a roller coaster there and you have to decide – is this a guy who, um, like, is he Gardner Minshew, basically? And and why, the reason why I bring up Gardner Minshew, Minshew was the kind of guy that when he was a starter in Jacksonville, he could give you games where you're like, huh, maybe he's viable. Like, he, you know, he can create, he can do this, he can do that. His arm's not great, but, um, you know, maybe he's good enough to carve out a, a top 12, top 13, you know, role as a quarterback in the NFL. I think that's sort of the question about Hurts. Is the arm strength enough? Um, is the is his ability to function in an offense that isn't 100% derived on you know all these RPO looks, you know can can you get around the corner and develop him to the point where he can be consistent, or is he going to be like a Minshew where you're like okay I could see him a long term backup and come in and do things for you? That's a really hard question to answer, particularly if you go into an off season where what if. Deshaun Watson is available and, and the civil suits and, the, you know, the grand jury investigation, all these other things are no longer on the table for him. Um, I think you're, if you're the Eagles, you have to look at that, particularly if Watson is staring at Miami and that's not an option anymore. I, I, I would think that Philadelphia is one of those teams that has always kind of kept an ear to what's going on with yeah. Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. I would expect that to Sitting continue. Sitting with three first-round picks. Sitting yeah, I mean, there's no picks coming here. They got ammunition. no question. No question about the ammunition and the. By the way, the ammunition, the general manager, and an owner who all um, are about being aggressive. That's why I think Carolina with David Tepper. Yeah. I, those are the two teams where I'm like, you have the stars aligned in terms of all the power brokers are are aggressive individuals. There's some jaw dropping numbers from uh, Cowboys Raiders on Thanksgiving, and I wonder. Which set got your attention? Is it 38 million people who watched that game? Yeah, was or was crazy. it 28 flags, 28 flags flying? 
uh, including countless, innumerable pass interference penalties uh, against the Cowboys. So what, what got your attention more from that game? Well, you know, look, I, I guess I'm, I've become numb to the, the, the figures in terms of the numbers in, with the NFL and broadcast numbers. I mean, it's, it's the most bulletproof bet, I think, long-term in television. So I'm, I, I guess I assume when you, when you can pull in $110, $120 billion in, in TV rights, you probably you're going to get a lot of eyeballs staring, particularly, by the way, when it's the Raiders and the Cowboys, which have nationwide fan bases. Not a huge surprise for me. It, was, it, it sucked that that game was so sloppy, though. And in particular for Dallas, I know Dallas is dealing with a lot of injuries, okay? And, and I think that plays a big part in that. And um, particularly skill positions, the players Dak, the player Dak's, uh, players Dak was throwing to, it's not a fully loaded offense right now. But that said, discipline-wise, you would hope that the Dallas Cowboys would be playing better than this right now, particularly with Dan Quinn being really kind of what, what's been their ace this season as a defensive coordinator. Um, you got to be uh, – your discipline's just got to be better than that. And I, I thought it was far too sloppy of a game against the Raiders, and it, and it makes you a little nervous about – I guess I'd put a lot on injuries, but now I'm like, okay, do I have to start looking at the Cowboys a little bit more closely and feel like maybe I was a little over my skis and how good I felt about that defense. Um, and maybe, you know, Randy Gregory coming back and Demarcus Lawrence and, and this just kicking it into well, gear well, and making them a favorite. <clears throat> well, well, shit, Charles. <laughs> they got a full-blown COVID, COVID outbreak dealing with yeah, that. McCarthy's this, out this Thursday. Yeah. I mean, is, is this – I'll ask you, this is the last question we got for you and we'll let you go. Like, from a Cowboys perspective in particular, COVID outbreak going to cost him the head coach and other staff members this week. Yeah. Um, but even league-wide, as we now have a new coronavirus variant um, to deal with, we're heading into, you know, the, the harder winter months, the holidays. I know the protocols uh, get stricter around the league. Um, it just feels like COVID's not done with this, with this league. Not by any stretch. It might wreak havoc. Let's not anybody get comfortable with what we think these teams are, what the playoff picture looks like, because it may wreak havoc on the Cowboys as well as the rest of the league in the months of November and December, or the month of December. Uh, we're almost through November. Month of December and into January. I think, you know, it's funny because when we went through this the first time last year, the NFL told teams, look at this like it's an injury. Like, treat it like an in it's, it's an injury. If someone has COVID, you just have to adjust to it just like you would with an injury and move on. Now I think the league actually is doing that, though. I think teams are doing that. Remember, there was a time when if, if a coach, you know, I, when, when Stefanski, you know, couldn't coach because he had COVID. It was like the – it was unbelievable. It was stunning. We're like, oh, my God, this is – now teams are just sort of like, all right, well, you know, coach has got COVID – you know, we have to adjust. And Dan Quinn, you've got coaching experience, had coaching experience. You know how to handle the week. Um, we're we're going to elevate you, you know, for this week as the interim, and and we'll figure it out. We might be missing a couple assistant coaches. Teams are now just adjusting to it the way that I think the league wanted them to last year. Um, so whether it's players or it's coaches, um, I think teams have just kind of come to accept that even with the protocols in place, even with you know a large portion of the rosters being vaccinated. They're, they're going to deal with um, players or coaches being lost. Now, what I think is really interesting, we're going to see it in the playoffs. I'm going to call it right now. It's November 29th. Time stamp it. We are going to see, 
either, you know, a coach or a player, somebody key is going to miss a playoff game because of COVID yep. this year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, brother, man. Will you stay healthy? Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate the hat. Almost much to <laughs> appreciate the insight. <laughs> and uh, it's just we, for you guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'm, I'm got right. Listen, hook it up. This man wants to send me cigars and Japanese whiskey. Charles Robinson takes care of his people. He All takes right. care of his people. I, I can't believe I can't believe you named your fantasy team Woke Mob. I mean, Pretty good, right? Did that did that, <laughs> that change anything? Did it change? No, not at all. We're terrible, but you know. Right. Yeah. You know, if there's a better player out there that's draft eligible than Aiden Hutchinson, um, I have I have not seen that that player. I don't know who will have the the first pick in the draft, but uh, they should be they should be studying very thoroughly Aiden Hutchinson, and they should take him. Michael, uh, we are less than 150 days from the yeah. NFL draft. You know I do not need an excuse to talk draft. And so right. making his brother from another debut is Bleacher Report's lead NFL draft analyst, Connor Rogers. Michael, also, as you know, uh, hosts for BR Betting, as well as the That's So Mets pod. Not that there's anything to talk about with the Mets. We'll get to that in a second. But, uh, but let's start with the draft because uh, I haven't I've let Michael off the hook Connor through 90 minutes of the show and I haven't talked about uh, Aiden Hutchinson destroying his Ohio State Buckeyes with three sacks. But let me ask you this from a broader perspective, man. You know, we got we, we're coming up on conference championship weekend. We just had rivalry weekend conference championship weekend college football playoffs along with Hutchinson and I know you do bleach reports mock drafts. You do a great job who stands to make themselves or who's making themselves a lot of money when it comes to prospects and their last opportunity to put something on film. Well, first off, guys, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to join you, and Appreciate it's always it. great to talk draft, you know, especially before Christmas. I'll, I'll do it to anyone that'll listen. So I think when you look at it right now, right, this is a class that's just dominated by these pass rushers. You have a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, but you have Kayvon Thibodeau that came into the year as the number one overall, a projected number one overall pick that those guys are locked into the top five, probably top three, probably going to go one and two. And then it turns into the quarterback show because right now you could talk to five different scouts, evaluators, even the guys that are making the picks at the top, and they'll tell you different things, whether it's Matt Corral from Ole Miss, who is probably the favorite to be the first quarterback taken. Uh, but nobody knows if that'll be a top five selection or a top 15 selection. There's a big difference. The guy like Malik Willis from Liberty that has all the talent in the world that people are really excited to go watch at the Senior Bowl and see how they can develop those traits at the next level, both as a runner and a very special passer as well. So I think those guys, Desmond Ritter, all the talk in college football right now is around Cincinnati. Everybody wants to see, is Cincinnati going to get screwed out of the college playoff or are we going to get to watch them? Well, they have Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, going to go in the first round, a cornerback and a mod sauce Garner that's Gardner that's going to go in the first round. And even a guy like MyJ Sanders, their defensive lineman, that'll probably sneak into the first round as well. So I think everybody likes to make their draft projections off of what guys do in the playoff. Of course, it's a longer season than that, but that's when you can really shine in the spotlight. Let's say if you were you were running an NFL team and you had the first pick in the draft and you have a ton of needs because you got an expansion team. Let's say your team is an expansion team and you just want to set up a franchise cornerstone. Which player would you take? 
I think right now I would still take Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Now, it's hard to say that after you just see a guy like Aiden Hutchinson have, what, 15 pressures against against Ohio State in one game. Uh, three of those were sacks. We know he can, I mean, completely take over a game. But when I look at Thibodeau, what you always have to do with the draft is not forget, you know, what guys have done all three to four years of their college career, not just the last two to three weeks. And Thibodeau was a special high school talent, a five-star recruit that went to Oregon as a true freshman. And I mean, he had nine sacks as a true freshman, dominated, and uh, he whooped up on guys that are starting on NFL offensive lines right now. So as much as I love Aiden Hutchinson and think there's a very real chance that the Lions can view him as that franchise cornerstone player and take him number one overall i think thibodeau is still at the top of that conversation and the most interesting conversation here guys is really that we're not talking about any quarterbacks at the top to the lions or the texans that really need quarterbacks we know when the dust settles and whatever does happen i mean deshaun watson's future is not with the texans jared goff is not the answer in detroit so when you look at it it just goes to show you those two teams probably going to be picking number one and number two. I'd be floored if they take a quarterback. And it just goes to show you that we're not spoiled this year like we were last year with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, and even a guy like Mac Jones, where it was a five quarterback class where this year four could go in the first round, but they're not going to step in and start and have the same ceiling those guys were expected to have. You're Jets-Mets, correct? That's correct. Born and raised in New York, and sadly, uh, this is how it goes. Well, that word sadly. Well, and listen, we're going to get to the Mets momentarily. We're going to say the best for last. But, but the Jets, though, let's stay on, on the gridiron for now with the Jets. Uh, beat the Texans, of course, yesterday. Uh, Zach Wilson's been up and down. You had the Mike White era. That was fun while it lasted. <laughs> uh, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering what you, what you saw yesterday and what you've seen uh, from the Jets this season. Plus, you're looking at two first-round picks. We saw you got them uh, going tackle and edge rusher in your latest mock. Uh, what have you seen that's giving you hope as a Jets fan? I think the fact that they have the right people in place that understand patience of building an organization. They just haven't had that in a long time. Everybody knew from the day Adam Gase was hired that that was never going to work out. I mean, and they went exactly how you expected. With Joe Douglas, he comes in and gets a six-year deal. Uh, The Jets are a notorious franchise at the top for ownership for firing guys after one, two, three years where Joe Douglas was given the clean slate to go in and do things the way he wanted to trade some star talent like Jamal Adams, but in return, get a lot of picks back. And then you'll get a guy like Robert Sala that quite frankly, you know, I know people that were in the building for the Gase era that are now still in the building for the Sala era the entire attitude and belief in the building changes. And maybe the record doesn't reflect that, but people really do believe in Robert Sala. And that's everywhere he's gone from Jacksonville to Seattle to San Francisco and now a place like New York. And despite their record being, uh, you know, ultimately disappointing, they have beaten the Bengals. They have beaten the Titans and they did get a gritty, you know, sloppy win against the Texans yesterday. And they're doing it not just with a young quarterback that's been injured as well, but they're doing it with the youngest team. They have the most rookie snaps played in the entire NFL Uh, Their secondary is made up of undrafted guys and day three picks and even street free agents. Once again, even a guy like Corey Davis has missed some time. Well, Elijah Moore is the number one target in the offense. Michael Carter, a fourth round rookie, is the the uh, go to running back in the offense when he was healthy. So they're going out there with 22, 23 year olds pretty much at every single position. A first time play caller in Michael Floor, first time head coach in Robert Sala, first time defensive coordinator in Jeff Obrick at the NFL level. And at least they're competing now in flashes. Now it has to be better. There's no doubt about that. But at least you're showing guys will buy in. And maybe 2022, after you use those million picks, four of them will probably be in the top 50. You actually have a blueprint of a real NFL roster. You know, you made a reference uh, earlier, Connor, to, you know, Trevor Lawrence and 
some of the picks in last year's draft, quarterback heavy draft five in the first 15 picks. When you uh, compare what your pre-draft analysis was of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones, pre-draft analysis to what they've actually put on the field, anybody who you got exactly right, and has anybody surprised you with the way they perform so far in the NFL? I think the sample size has been so small that it's tough where I, I think, you know, Mac Jones has surprised me and I knew he'd go in the first round. And, and in terms of a draft scale, I kind of saw him as a top of second round player, but he plays a position that'll always go in the first round. So you understand the curve on that situation. Uh, but I didn't. Th- and let's be real. I didn't think New England was this ready to not carry him, but elevate him. Right. They win every game in the trenches. Their offensive line has been fantastic. They have two running backs that can handle the rock. Kendrick Bourne was probably one of the best free agent signings under the radar the entire offseason. Uh, they have two tight ends that can catch the ball. So uh, I think for Mac, it's a great situation where you have a veteran coaching staff and one of the best coaching staffs in the entire history of the game, but an offensive line that wins every single battle in the trenches. And they don't ask him to do way too much. And he's handled that workload and has relatively taken care of the football. Now, when you look at Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Trey Lance, they've all been hurt. So it's not surprising that really none of them have been able to get in a rhythm. I think with Justin Fields, you were excited what you saw, you know, in the primetime game when you watch him against the Steelers. But you'd like to see him build momentum of that weeks of that. Same with Zach Wilson, you know, rookie of the week against Tennessee, but hasn't gotten in the groove for the long stretch. Trey Lance. We know he has more talent than Jimmy Garoppolo, but they obviously want to ride with the veteran in Jimmy right now. And when Trey is right, they'll move on to him. And Trevor Lawrence, I mean, nobody will go out and say it, but he was disappointing. And I thought he was maybe not the word generational prospect, but, you know, kind of the best quarterback we've seen since Andrew Luck coming out of college football. And Jacksonville doesn't really do anything well. They have no upper tier wide receivers. The offensive line is not really great. They're not a well-coached team. There's been dysfunction there as well. And, you know, he's a mature guy that's kept his head above all of it, uh, but he hasn't gone out and won them football games. And when he was the guy at college, that's how he was drafted to be. That's what people like me expect him to come in and do and, you know, write him off yet. But to call anything but Trevor Lawrence's rookie season a disappointment, uh, it absolutely is so far, and no one's saying it. Without further ado, um, have you uh, have you recorded your That's So Mets podcast for today? As soon as I get off with you guys. Okay, Yes. So you're warming up for you warming up with us. Great. I, I guess look, three years, $130 million to Max Scherzer. Uh, easily, far and away, highest in history uh, in terms of average annual value. You get to roll out, knock on wood if healthy, a Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, one-two punch at the top of the rotation. I'll ask it to you this way. You take it wherever you want to go, Connor. When's the last time as a Mets fan you've been this hype? Uh, since I was on the seven train on my way to the World Series in 2015. I mean, and that that was a unique moment because I didn't think that team had any business making it as far as they did. And that was with an ownership group that didn't want to spend any money on the team. And they were really led by a lot of young, surprising storylines. So this year, the fact that Steve Cohen has come out and, and put is literally put his money up, right? And, and gone out and got a guy to come over that is a superstar. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher. He has shown no signs of slowing down. I think he had a career ERA last year at age like 37 years old. Uh, when he got traded to the Dodgers, he was lights out. So, for the, you know, this is all about health. And, and as a Mets fan, I hate to pour cold water on anything. But, you know, after the All-Star break last year, you're riding high. They've been in first place a million days in a row. Jacob DeCrom doesn't pitch in the second half of the year and everything falls apart. You just want to see if these guys can stay healthy because if they can, 
you're talking about potentially the most special one and two of a rotation in this last decade or two. That's how good they can be. So for the Mets fan today, I think it's more, uh, more than Scherzer, right? It's about more. It's the fact that you're operating like a franchise that'll go out and pay for premium talent and you just care about winning, right? That's all you care about. That's all like, you want. Of, that's all yeah, you want. Yeah, is it, yeah. New York fans, yeah. that's what they want. Yes. Uh, well, hey, you know, you mentioned the cold water, though. Can I, can I, I got a whole bucket of cold water over here. Please. Oh, and Michael, don't do that to and, our and, guest. And, 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 and Michael Smith has heard this rant before, and it's not really about the Mets. Because, you know, listen, I've been Boston. I have no issue with the Mets. Now, that team in the Bronx, that's a different story. But yeah, I, I, we I like Queens. We can align on that. Okay, I, I'm cool with Queens. We good. We good. Now, listen, <laughs> Max Scherzer was a part of a generational team. In the second half, generational L.A. Dodgers. They finished in second place with 106 wins. And when their season is on the line, this guy can't even give you five innings when they need it the most. So there's no way in the world I would pay him 40 million plus per season when it comes to the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, I don't even know if he's going to give me seven innings in a playoff game. So and, 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 and before last year, I'm sorry. And, 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 <laughs> one more thing. I'm one enjoying thing. this. One thing. <laughs> hey, one more thing. By the way, Mike, I'm going to go back a little bit because I got a little book on uh, Max Scherzer. It, it, they were up, the, the Tigers were up two games to zip. You know, I had an opportunity to go up 2 0 on the Red Sox in 2013. 2-0. Max Scherzer is shutting out the Red Sox, goes seven innings, and then asked out of the game. He was dealing. He asked out of the game. That led to heroics from David Ortiz. The Red Sox win that game, win the series. So I'm sca- Enjoy it today, Connor. Enjoy- <laughs> win the press conference. So win awful. the day. Well, that's so awful. Win you the offseason. You don't. Hey, you, you guys, guys got to realize. Like, you, know, you guys got to realize. I just want company. playoffs. That's a no. You just want to be. You just want to be. Re- you want to be respectable. Yes. You know, excuse my friend. No. See, I can't take him nowhere. No. I can't. I can't no, no, no. I want to be respectable. I, like you I sit up here talking about how one of the best pitchers of his generation signed with the Mets. I'm surprised he didn't get fifty million a year out of him. Listen, this is nothing compared to what I've gotten on the subway before coming home from Mets losses from Yankee fans that didn't even watch their team play that night. So I'm equipped for it. I'm built for it. The fact they're in the conversation right now is all I ever want as a Mets fan, right? You got to realize my expectations are so low. I grew up a New York Knicks fan, a New York Jets fan, a New York Mets fan. My expectations for professional sports teams that I've liked are about as low of a bar as you can clear. So the fact that they even own the offseason right now is you know, my personal World Series. That's like a win. Now, like, get, let, this man have, you know what? let this man have a moment. Let him have a moment, Michael. Let him, now, let him Connor, get him that. Get him today. Now, Connor, I just, I just want to give you a hug now. Oh, oh man. man. I want to come back on in the summer it. and we'll revisit this. If Scherzer's not pitching, then I'll be like, you know what? Here we are. But right now, this is like when the Knicks got mellow. We're just going to enjoy the day. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly well, right. And thank you for spending part of it with us. Uh, go record the That's So Mets podcast. <laughs> Ignore everything my rude co-host just said. Don't know how to treat people. First time on the Keep show, he's throwing cold water on, on your day. Keep in mind. Because uh, something happened in water. The state, I appreciate the state, you guys, and, and man. And 2021. And 2021. <laughs> okay. I appreciate you guys. Thanks pattern. so much for having me.
Oh, definitely right, come Connor, back and talk you. draft. Be before before the summer, we got to talk more draft, man. That's, that's my Christmas. I, like, I how would you love feel to. today is how I feel every day about the draft. Oh, well, you're my guy then. We can talk that anytime. Absolutely. All right, later, guys. Saturday was easily one of the most. <laughs> I can't even get it out. I'm gonna say less. <laughs> I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't have a dog in this fight. It's not a rivalry between me and you. I don't care about Michigan, but I did enjoy them busting that ass because I. <laughs> Oh my god! This is, this is priceless. I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was gonna still sting like that, bro. I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm sorry, it's not stings. sorry. It that was a fun day, it and it started with Michigan it curb stuff and your Buckeyes. This one hurts. Go ahead, Michael. This is go bad. ahead, man. Go ahead. You go ahead. You yeah. know what, man? I like. I got to the point. I and, and I, this is a true story. True story. I know all. Like you, you can bring up all the Michigan, Ohio State lore, and I'm about it. I know the stories of how Woody Hayes, he would be recruiting in Michigan and he wouldn't stop until he got to Toledo, until he crossed the state line. He wouldn't buy gas in Michigan. This is true. He used to think and practice, especially when Bo Schimbeckler was there and Woody and Bo, they used to be on the same staff. And so uh, he always was convinced that Bo was spying on him and he would just yeah. do all these things. That's back in the day when it was a big two and a little eight. This was a big 10. Big two and a little eight. So I know all the stories. I used to, I felt for Earl Bruce when they fired him before a Michigan game. Then he tied Michigan. They tied, and that was a big deal. John Cooper got fired two nine and one. His his record against Michigan. I remember Michigan spoiling our season. Tim Biakabatuka running for three hundred yards, not two hundred, three hundred yards. Uh, I believe it was in nineteen ninety five. Like all kinds of crazy stuff. So when is this but I had gotten to the point. I had gotten to the point, Mike, where I lost the tension. The Ohio State Michigan tension was gone <laughs> because we used to spank them. Never thought it would happen. I know. We spank old Harbaugh. And I, you're old I had all the, 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 the last decade. All of them. All the coaches. I, yeah. I should just laugh at all the coaches. Oh, you got another coach in? Okay. Let's see how he does. Okay. Um. I really I used to build my day around Ohio State, Michigan, but now I've gotten so arrogant that mm. Ohio State, Michigan. I knew it was on at noon on Saturday. I think I stuff to do. I got stuff to do. I'll check in. I'll check in on the <laughs> you game know how that movie to ends. make sure. <laughs> yeah, so it was like 1413 at halftime. I was like, uh, 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 uh okay. Okay, slow close. <laughs> then it was like 2113. It was 28-13. Oh, we got problems. We scored. Then they scored. 35. So, okay. Let me ask this you this. Is tough. Let me ask you this, this is I, really, I, I speak, really difficult. I don't want to speak to the Akron, Ohio kid. I want to ask 
the reporter. The reporter, the journalist. I don't know if I can separate. If you can, I don't know if I can separate. Oh, you can't. Okay, well, all right. I'll, I'll, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Admit, it's a good story. Test me. It's a good. It's a test better me, story. First of all, the usual. I'm tired of seeing the usual suspects in the playoff. So I was glad to see okay. Oklahoma lose. I was glad to see Ohio State yeah. lose. All right. That's true. Um, okay. Fair. We get to see That's some fair. fresh blood yeah. in the in the college football playoff potentially, provided Michigan actually takes care of business against Iowa. Um, that's a big. You got to admit, a it's big, a better that's story. A big, so it's a big if. It'd be a better story it's, it's, if Iowa beats Michigan. That's no, it would. Right? Well, for a better story for your purposes, because then you can get back to making fun right. of them that they couldn't seal the deal. Right. But for now, you got Harbaugh finally getting, finally breaking through against Ohio. Finally, good for objectively, him. as objective, right? Yes, it's a great story. Good for him, right? Really, okay. it was good because I hadn't good cared for about good Jim Harbaugh for for years. I was surprised he lasted this long. Hell, had they played the game last year, maybe he ain't, he ain't still he ain't not there anymore. For crying out loud, he's he been so bad against not just Ohio State, but Michigan State for that matter. So I'm happy for Harbaugh. And I'd like to know, I, I, I'm glad to see that a small part of you can be happy for him as well. Painful though that may be. No, but I, I like, I don't know if I'm happy for, for Jim Harbaugh. I'm not happy. Is that going too I'm far? I'm not happy for him. That's that going is too far. going Sorry. too far. Me. But Sorry. I like your point about change it up. I like changing up the mix in a college football playoff because honestly, I, I you know just being real like we were talking with Ryan Harris last week and I asked him a question that I already knew the answer to to see how he would answer it and he answered it like a Notre Dame analyst would I said how have you improved? How have you improved since last year when Notre Dame got into the playoffs and people weren't happy about it? Oh, yeah, our depth is much better. Of course. No, nah, not really. Not, not much has changed and I got to tell you not much has changed with Ohio State losing last year, getting overwhelmed by Alabama in the national championship game with a pretty corny offense last year. Like, it, it was corny. It was corny. And corny they lost corny. to Oregon. They lost to Oregon at home and had no signs of like being able to adjust and figure out what Oregon was doing. And some of the things that at Oregon game weren't cleaned up but Ohio State had went on went on a little bit of an offensive rampage, dropped that 56 on Michigan State, so we forgot about it. Dropped 50 some 50 plus on Purdue, and gave up 31. We forgot about it. Michigan exposed what was never corrected in Ohio State's early season flaws. So I will tell you, just to be just to be uh, totally honest here, Ohio State was overrated, and so is Michigan. So is Michigan. They're both over it. Okay. They're both over it. Speaking so if, if Michigan gets into the playoffs, it's not going to end well for them either. Speaking of total honesty, speaking of total honesty, Lincoln Riley, he didn't lie Saturday night, right? Yeah, yeah. Lincoln, are you shocked that you've gotten this far without anybody asking you about all the rumors this week? I'm just... I'm just saying I'm going to I'm going to ask you about it so I might as well. Um I mean it's nonstop. I mean it's it's every day Hold up, hold up, hold up, Gary. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. Can and I ask you next question? <laughs> what an oh, see, awful see, line see. of questioning. Yeah. What an awful yeah, line of questioning, but we're not going to beat my man up. We're not going to beat you up for it. We're going to let you live because it's so obvious how awful that line of questioning was. But having said all that, how about that for a come up for Lincoln Riley, who from a 
from a prestige standpoint, makes a lateral move, makes a lateral move from a, from a program prestige standpoint. But from a, I'm very specific here. Oklahoma and USC, college football, prestige, that's, that's, that's one what? That's six more may have a dozen the other. In terms of like college football history, okay? The dude's been in the playoffs, what? Three out of five years, four out of whatever it is, he's got one of the highest winning yeah, percentages yeah. Still, in, in, of all time on, in those bro. five years. Come come on, like, come on, but no way. But from an opportunity, no, but, really? but moving think, forward, where, but from a his, from a prestige equal? standpoint, from a program prestige standpoint. But when it comes to lifestyle, I mean, there's no comparison between LA and and Norman. And when it comes to a path to the playoffs, he obviously made out like gangbusters. Which is why it was an easy decision. Which is why, if we're going okay. to assume that, wink, wink, I can't really wink that way. I, if we're going to assume that this happened after Bedlam was the first time that USC offered him the gig. Okay, yeah. he's looking at it like, wait a second, I got to go to the SEC and try to get through Alabama and Georgia and whoever's coaching at LSU, or I can go recruit Southern California and go through the Pac-12. Sign me up for this Pac-12 uh, career chance here, which is a okay. springboard to the NFL. If he goes to USC, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm well, he could have sure gone to the NFL from Oklahoma. I take that back. He could have gone to the yeah. NFL from Oklahoma too. Give me all the quarterbacks that he's that have you know gone on to. I'm sure. It, or at least I'm sure stars. it's it's. I'm sure it's debatable from a. Uh, it's probably it's probably regional. The way you answer this question probably depends on where you grew up. You know, Oklahoma versus USC in terms of prestige. I, nationally, I would think most people would look at USC as the more desirable more high-profile, sexier job, just overall. But, but beyond that, let's just put that aside for a second. I need... Maybe. I need Mike It's Smith. a better job for Lincoln Riley if you want to get to the playoffs. I need the teacher. Wants I need the mentor. I need the mentor. Okay. I need the, the, the veteran journalist to help out, help us out. What should have happened there? Because... Lincoln Riley, big boy, that report. He big boy. He big boy. Hey, 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 hey. Stop oh, right man. now. Stop right now. Stop right now. Oh, no, no. Hey, I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU. Next at LSU. question. No, wait. <laughs> right. Okay. How should that have been handled? What do you do? You say, hey, just to follow up here, Lincoln. You said you're not going to be the head coach at LSU. So you're saying you're staying in Oklahoma? Is that what the reporter should have yeah. done? Yeah. Right? Jump back in, yeah. don't you know? And or, what, or what about USC? Or what? It's tough. It's tough because it's college. Because you're dealing with an all-powerful college coach who shut down. Last time we talked about Oklahoma is when they shut down all media access because the student paper broke that Caleb Williams was going to be the starting quarterback over Spencer Rattler, who is now leaving Oklahoma today. No surprise. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln's entire staff is going with him. And check this out. Let me let me run this by you. This is another reason why this is a come up for Lincoln Riley. Besides the fact, and it was by the way. It's, Three uh, playoffs so in five though. years. Lincoln Riley is so whack. That that what he did there is so terrible. It's terrible. Just say I'm not going to talk. I'd rather him go the Cliff Kingsbury route and say I'm not going to talk about it right now. But say, hey, I'm not going to be the head. Let coach me just cut you off. At LSU. At LSU. That is. It is whack. It lame. is whack. But let me tell you what's not lame. And let me tell you why if I'm Lincoln Riley. I could care less how you feel I handled the post Bedlam press conference. Unconfirmed, but this is the reported terms of the deal. $110 million. 
USC is buying both his homes in Norman for a half a million dollars over asking. They're buying a $6 million house in LA for him and unlimited use of the private jet 24 seven for his family. How's this college football? (laughs) How's this college football? Well, it's not. And Nick Saban went on an epic rant, which was awesome the other day about how it's not professional football. I'll be damned. It was yeah, awesome for a lot of right. reasons, but he was wrong about it that. It was an awesome rant. He was wrong. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. And, yeah, it was and awesome. It was, and, but you know, Nick Saban is like, awesome. Scott, his rants are awesome. But, but his rants are awesome. But you know, you can fact check these things. They don't pass the fact check. You know, he's sitting there <laughs> doing his radio show, and they're just kids, and they got to study, and you know, they're like, stop, <laughs> Nick, stop. No, they're not. They're not just kids. And if they, and if his players said that to him, hey, coach. What do you want from me? I'm just a college student. I'm trying to study. That's why I'm at Alabama. He would say, get off the field. He doesn't believe that. He doesn't believe what he just said. But but having said all that, great get for USC. Like, fight on. Like, that, I mean, they win. They win. I, like, they've always claimed they can get whoever they want. A lot of these names have been like, yeah, good luck with that. They got one of the hottest coaches the hottest coach they could possibly get in college football. They did. And he got $110 million. Under 40 years old. Pretty impressive.